I'm comedian Timmy Boyle, and this is the greatest live Instagram comedy experience that nobody knew about. March of 2020, I just arrived home from tour when COVID-19 shut down the world. So despite being severely technically challenged, I started a daily live Instagram show right here from my living room. Because how hard could it be? And how long could a pandemic last? Apparently longer than five months. So now, a hundred episodes later, I've called comedians as diverse in experience as they are in style from all around the world to discuss comedy, life, and, well, whatever. I had no goals, which was a great idea. I avoided tech checks, which was a bad idea. And I eventually wore no pants. The jury's still out on that one. And my OJ, over 150 days, transformed from refreshing drink to rancid mystery liquid right before our eyes. It was a random, free-flowing, hilariously messy ride into the minds and backstage lives of entertainers where anything could happen, and did, including a trip to a goat farm. Overcoming a lack of direction, resources, and tech ineptness, as well as multiple zombie cyber attacks, a project not expected to last even a week soon developed into a must-watch show like no other. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself, right here on another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Is that it? Did we get it all? Awesome. I am now live. Hey, what happens if I click here? Oh, no, no. Hey everybody, um, welcome to, uh, welcome to, what are we? Oh, episode 17, episode 17 of Calling Comedians Into Quarantine. Uh, thanks for those that are tuning in right now. Um, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, LeBrandon, hello, 14 Sleeves is in here. Hey, 14 Sleeves, um, how did, uh, how did 321 uh, go today. Um, well, and and in general, I'm super interesting. It went good. Is that the thumbs up for it went good or just for just because I acknowledge you? I'm not quite sure. But um, oh, everybody, my mom is in the house now. So uh, listen, if you could keep the uh, the vulgarity to a minimum, because uh, she comes in here just to make sure that um, everything is still clean as a whistle. Okay. Um, that's excellent. Uh, uh, those of you who are coming in right now, listen, uh, 14 Sleeves, Derek Tennant there, um, you need to give him a follow and find out what he's doing um, down, I think you, you think you're still down in the New York area right now, but uh, selling uh, t-shirts, uh, his sister, uh, Julie, is an amazing inspiration. Uh, the two of them together are just, uh, just phenomenal human beings. And right now they are having um, a shirt sale. Is that going on all this week? Uh, what is it? Uh, 321smile.com. You want to go there and uh, pick up a shirt um, and uh, and support uh, uh, the work that they're doing there. Um, 321. Wait, what's the 321? Three, oh, the 3, right. The March 21st, right. It's the... Um, uh, so it's uh, March 21st was the um, Awareness for Down Syndrome Day. 
uh, World Down Syndrome Day. And um, Julie has Down syndrome, but that means that she's actually an upgrade because she has an extra chromosome than the rest of us, and that's the love chromosome. And uh, she is just a, an amazing uh, source of love, and Derek has been able to, um, uh, to harness that as well because uh, traveling with him was amazing. So um, that's the link for the daily show. So you want to go to um, www.my321smile.com. You can also go to www.juliescoolshirts.com and support that cause and support uh, both Julie and Derek as well. So um, thanks, buddy, for uh, for pulling in uh, or stopping in here today. That is, uh, that's awesome to, to see you, um, even though I'm just kind of reading your name. But in my head, I know you're there. I don't even know if uh, Derek, if you know, if you know LeBrandon, um, or if you guys know each other at all. But uh, thanks, man. I love you too, um, or I love you. I don't know. My spelling always goes weird too. Anyways, um, LeBrandon, uh, that's Derek. Derek, um, that's LeBrandon, and then um, MJ, um, that's LeBrandon and Derek, and I'm Timmy. And I don't even know who else is in the house right now because not everybody comments. But there's uh, there's a few viewers here. So I just want to welcome you to uh, episode 17 of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Over the last uh, two and a half weeks, I've been calling comedians every single night at 7 o'clock right here in my living room just to to talk about... Uh, Talk about comedy, talk about life, talk about quarantine. To um, Well, last night, actually, uh, we did a tour of Nashville with Joe B. Sad. It was a weird tour. Um, you'll have to catch that episode. That's going to be on YouTube at Timmy Shorts. You're going to want to go to YouTube at Timmy Shorts, uh, subscribe and like that channel because all of the episodes, like 16 episodes up till tonight, they're all going to be up there. They've been slowly being uploaded today. They're not live yet, but that's where all the episodes are going to be. We've had uh, comics um, from all across North America so far, including comics that we've um, we've been working with up here, like Sheridan Richardson, who's brand new, uh, developing the craft, just been doing comedy for about a year, and we've been working with her on our circuit tour up here in Canada. But as well, we've had... Uh, um, uh, jo Joel Madison, who uh, wrote for the TV show um, Roseanne, as well as a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, Robert G. Lee, who's a warm-up comic, um, he's done, done Wings and Designing Women, and was on the One Day at a Time, I think, the reboot of that. Um, and he's been in the industry for a long time. And then we we've had just stand-ups from across um, across North America have been on the show, and so we're very excited that you've tuned in tonight. Uh, Joy is a regular. Welcome back, Joy. So um, basically, uh, tonight though, Fridays is a chance for you uh, to be the guest, I guess, or I'm the guest because you're asking me questions. But this is just a time for a, a Q&A um, between you and myself, questions that you have regarding, regarding comedy, regarding life, regarding quarantine, um, regarding my orange juice regarding the stuff. You can't even see some of the 80s memorabilia that I have. Like, this is Slag, by the way. I don't know if you uh, remember Slag, but anyways, um, that, was one of, that was one of my favorite Transformers. This is actually my favorite Transformer. Um, this is Soundwave. Now, and they even had, like, like little little cassettes would pop out of here. I have them right here. There you go. Look at that. There's, there's one. They would just go in. They don't make toys like this anymore. This was uh, This was Rumble. Rumble, you just went into the cassette. Super cool. Um, but this is my uh, this is my '80s 
stuff beside me. My GI Joes are over there, um, but we don't need to go into that tonight unless, unless that happens to be one of your questions. But uh, this is Soundwave. He was much cooler in the 80s cartoon um, than he was in the, the new movies because they took away all the personality from them. They all look like just this mass of metal now. And uh, there was something about these guys um, back then that, uh, I don't know, had a whole lot of character. So anyways... We are, uh, are going to start this show off, and as people come in, if you have any questions at all, uh, ask me, and um, I will attempt to um, bring in people. If they have a really cool question, I'll bring them into the show if they so desire, and this will simply be the rule. Um, if I invite you in, um, and you haven't said one way or the other, if I invite you in and you don't want to be live with me, um, I take no offense. You just have to reject the call, and that's cool. And then I'll know that that you know for whatever reason you you know you um, your hair is a mess, or you're um, right now standing outside within six feet of somebody, and you know that that could be you know you could have the cops called on you for that, and so you don't want that to happen. Or maybe you're wandering the roads naked because you're just you just were so excited to get outside. And you forgot you weren't wearing clothes. Like I'm not wearing pants, but I'm not. I'm not about to go running outside. But anyways, the point is, is that uh, if you ask an interesting question, that this is the time. So uh, this is it. Here we are starting the show, uh, episode 17 of Calling Comedians in Quarantine, where you have the opportunity to ask me questions and I will answer them. So we're going to start this thing off with Mary Jane Baker has a question. Um, who has she has already given me the heads up that uh, she would rather not be um, uh, brought on live tonight. So the question, though, simply is, has anything embarrassing ever happened while you were on stage? That's a good question. Now, here's the thing. I don't get embarrassed very easily in life. I was one of those people growing up that people would be like, you know, we can't ever embarrass Timmy because if they did something to me, I would end up turning it into a joke and it would always backfire on them because they would think they were embarrassing me and then I would you know, do something even worse to embarrass myself. And that was a way of coping. It probably wasn't a healthy thing, probably a deep insecurity issue. But anyways, um, I can't say that anything really embarrassing happened to me while on stage. Um, but I do remember a moment where I was probably a couple years in, I was still, I still had my script in my pocket. Like I never took it out on stage, but I was, I was going over it like right to the moment I went on the stage. I was brand new and I was so afraid that somebody would talk to me on stage, talk to me from the crowd because it would throw me off my script. And all I remember, this is the weirdest thing about performance. All I remember is that I went blank completely forgot my set. And I was only doing like a, I think I was doing like a seven minute set. And it was only seven minutes I had. And I just remember um, that I didn't know what was going on. And it felt like in my head that it was about three minutes where this brain cramp froze me up on stage. I couldn't remember the words to where I was going. And I just kept wandering the stage. Now, let's take it from two perspectives. At the time, I was horrified because my brain is spinning going, where is that joke? Where is that joke? Where am I? I'm lost. I'm lost. I can't figure out where I'm going. Thinking that this is a complete and utter disaster. And then uh, at the end of the show, I got people coming up to me saying, oh, that was so funny. That was so funny. So, so apparently what had happened was I continued to just chat for probably what ended up, it felt like three minutes. So it was probably like 30 seconds, but I just was chatting 
people apparently were laughing. And then I picked up where I was and I kept going. But in the moment, I thought it was the most embarrassing thing I'd ever experienced because I had this complete brain fart on stage, couldn't remember my lines, and but somehow managed to just entertain the crowd anyways. And that was when I remembered that that embarrassing moment actually taught me a huge lesson, which is the crowd doesn't know what you were gonna say. So don't worry about if you if you lose your lines or don't worry about it if you're, if you're you know, and in fact, if you look, confident. They don't even know you're nervous. I don't think anybody out there knew that I was embarrassed or that I was afraid that I couldn't remember my lines. So that was the most embarrassing thing that I can remember. But um, for those of you who are coming in the show right now, I see Cadet uh, Levson is in here. I don't know how to pronounce everybody's screen names. Jeremy Robertson too. Thank you so much for coming and the rest of you that are tuning in here. Um, Tonight is question and answer period about comedy, about life, about my 80s memorabilia. Whatever you guys want to ask questions, this is the time. It's a Q&A with Timmy tonight on Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Second question here uh, from Mary Jane Baker again. Anybody else have questions? Mary Jane Baker is going to ask questions all night long. Um, how do you deal with hecklers? Um, number one, I don't get a whole lot of hecklers. Uh, like Not in the traditional sense. Because um, here, even in the clubs right now, the, the reality is, is that the clubs have really um, come down hard on, on the whole concept of heckling because the reality is, is that hecklers think that they want to be part of the show. They think for some reason that they should be on the stage when really, if they were that funny, they would have been hired to come in anyways. But, um, so, but I've had people who chat, and especially in church shows, because they're conditioned to just, they just feel like they know you, so they start chatting. And all I can say is that when a heck, when a heckler, when someone in the crowd begins to chat with me, um, whether it's defensive or trying to break hurt hurt the show or just trying to be chatty, um, I have certain go-to things in my head that I'll just all throw out that way. And I can tell you this: when people come up to me in a show and say, "Oh, I'm sorry for my friend," they kept chatting, blah blah blah. I can stop a heckler. If I want to stop a heckler, I will stop them. That's part of being professional in this opportunity. If you're a heckler, really, you probably should just zip it up because I will, I will stop you if I want to. But there are some people who chat with me that I, that I see their value to the show can be added through that conversation, and I will let that conversation go. Basically, um, if you want to heckle, that's cool. I'll either shut you down really harshly or I will find a way to use you in my show. Either way, I'm the one ultimately in control. The heckler does not control the experience ever. Um, thank you for that question. Uh, LeBrandon there, um, when was your breakthrough time in your career from going to open mics to headlining a show? Um, this is my, my origin story. Uh, okay, so Joy, I'll come back to your question. Um, my origin story, LeBrandon, uh, really, I, I didn't do open mics. Uh, I was tour managing. I've been always in entertainment. I had, um, in some level, even when I was pastoring, I was always trying to entertain the crowd. I went into film and television. I thought TV was going to be my thing. And ultimately what happened was I was tour managing for World Vision. They put me on a tour with Leland Clausen, um, one of the most amazing comics up here in, in this nation as well, across the board, but as a Canadian entertainer, um, just a, an incredibly amazingly talented man out on the West Coast. I miss him dearly. He's a good friend of mine and, and my mentor. But basically, I, he wanted somebody to introduce him while I was um, tour managing his tour. I went on stage, said something funny, and he gave me the opportunity 
to just tell stories for about 20 minutes before every one of his shows for like 15 shows across Canada in front of 300 people. I'd go back to a hotel room with Leland and he would go, why don't you change this, change this, change this. It was like a masterclass over like about a month. And uh, from that, I developed my first um, seven minute set, but that just came from someone giving me an opportunity. Within a, two, within a couple years from that, Leland was giving me almost every work that I had, that I had during that time, um, allowing me to open three tours in a row over three years. And by the end of that third tour, I had developed enough material and enough confidence that I came home, I quit my job with World Vision, I came home and I started uh, Upstanding Comedy and I've been working full time over the last 11 years ever since. So my breakthrough didn't, didn't even start with open mics, it was a weird journey into comedy, but it was a result of just one person giving me an opportunity and me seizing that opportunity and it put me on the path of doing what I love. So uh, I can't thank Leland Clausen enough or even Eric Spath for putting me on that tour. You can go all the way back, right? Every person you meet, never underestimate them because they might be the one that puts you in the place. Even though, even though you don't know at the time, they might be putting you in the place where you need to be. And uh, so uh, to Leland Clausen and Eric Spath, um, thank you for the opportunity that got me here. So I hope that answered your question. Uh, tonight we're doing Q&A with Timmy. If you have any questions about comedy, life, or um, uh, quarantine. So let's see here. Let's, what else do we got here? Joy, uh, don't want to be on camera. Fair enough. Were you embarrassed when you flipped and fall on the floor in your first show at Highway? Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, sorry, LeBrandon, I didn't even see that I saw this one after the fact. Um, come up with another question and I'll bring you in briefly to just ask that question. Um, so, Joy, you saw that, eh? Uh, okay, so what Joy is talking about was um, I actually did, I was doing headstands. So I've been doing yoga for a couple years now and I had just learned to do a headstand. And so I decided that I was going to start to do them on stage to impress the crowd because, you know, they've seen so much awesomeness over the years. It's like it's getting really hard to impress these people. So, so I go to do this headstand and I, the video is actually online. I think you can still find it on, uh, on Facebook, actually. Um, but I should repost it. But basically, you can see in the video, I go to do my headstand and thank goodness the stage, the stage joy really is, it's only what, a couple feet off the ground there? Like I've been in some gymnasiums where it's like, you know, almost like a five foot, six foot high stage um, onto a cement floor. But I go to do the headstand and my legs went a little bit over and you can see it on the video, the, the angle shouldn't have been like that, it should have been this. And I literally fell off the stage onto the ground, onto my butt, legs spread open. Um, the there was this incredible hush in the crowd as there should have been. My dad was actually there that night. And I got up and just went, ta-da! Joy, to answer your question, not only was I not embarrassed by that, but it might have been one of the most awesome experiences that I've ever had. Um, I literally did a headstand and fell off a stage and lived to tell about it. In fact, I tell people that the yoga that allowed me to do the headstand also allowed me to survive the fall. Because a couple years earlier, before I was doing yoga, I would have for sure jammed up something, like like start, been walked off to say, I can't talk anymore. And I would, I would probably be done for, for like a few weeks. But yeah, but I'm glad that you were there um, when, when, uh, when you saw that. Because that uh, that's a once in a lifetime. Uh, the shows after that, 
Um, I always looked down at the stage before I did the headstand and made sure that I was a couple more steps back before I did that. But I never fell off the stage um, since then and I had never done it before. So you saw a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm just glad that I survived. Uh, let's see who else here. Um, that's the one, yeah, he also mentioned the next show. Yes, that's right. Um, so let's see here. Uh, a funny story of Joey ILO. Okay, I'm gonna tell that story, Loran, then I'm gonna bring you in um, and uh, <laughs> briefly for that too. So Mary Jane, uh, said, how, do, how do people react when you tell them that this is your full-time job? Um, that I get that question. A, I, well, I get that opportunity for a response a lot. The response is usually when I say, so I do comedy and they say, what else do you do? I used to get very offended by that. But then I understood that a lot of people um, don't meet a lot of people who are doing full-time comedy. So it's not a, it's not a common thing. So people often are very surprised. In fact, one of the follow-up statements is usually, oh, wow, I've, I've never met a full-time comic. But um, they're surprised. They're a little bit, some of them are concerned for me. They're like, well, like, you know, another common question is, well, how do you pay the bills? Like, number one, that's not your concern, but thank you. Um, like, I wouldn't be doing this for as long as I've been doing it full-time if I couldn't pay my bills. Now, do I always pay them on time? No, but not every, but even people with regular jobs, you live check to check too. And that's what I do. I live gig to gig and I got a budget and stuff. But the reality is, is that this is what I do. I run a business and people are often very shocked by that. Some are envious because I'm doing what I love. And there's a lot of people that aren't doing what they love. And um, I've just been given the opportunity, not just given the opportunity, but I embrace the opportunity to do what I love. And so, um, yeah, so they're surprised, they're shocked, they're concerned and a little bit envious but almost nobody goes, you must be doing this full time because uh, it's just simply not um, uh, a, uh, an experience that everybody is used to. Okay, so we're going to, let's see here. We've got some more questions, but I'm gonna bring in LeBrandon um, and uh, just briefly here as I tell a very quick story about Joey ILO. Let's bring in, who am I talking to now? We've only chatted. I've never, I've never met. Now it's LeBrandon. Is this LeBrandon? This is. What's up, buddy? You hey, like man. This? How are you? You like you my hair? Oh, I do like your hair. <laughs> you like my hair? Hey, uh, yeah. you got so, more than I. So, uh, uh, LeBrandon Marie is is Marie your last name or is Marie your wife or? No, Marie my share? last name. Okay, I wasn't sure if you guys were like sharing an account because some people do that. It's a weird couples thing, but some people do that. That's people who don't trust one another. That's right. But you, but are you are you married though? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. But she trusts you, or is she watching you right now to make sure you don't say anything wrong? Yeah, she's right over here. No, I'm joking. She's not here. She's not here. Okay, that though. That's why you're allowed. To, why you keep looking over? Is that a dog over there? Somebody blink if you're in trouble. Just give me. Well, a just gotta make sure nobody's breaking in my house. You know. Fair, fair enough. Quarantine. Um, you, you know, so you know Joey ILO. Oh yeah, man. We performed with him. Yeah, Joey. Joey is one of my uh, one of my good friends. Joey and I met back in two thousand and seven. Um, my here and here is me here. So your question was simply it wasn't even a question. It was just you want to know a story about Joey ILO. Give me a, give me a good funny Joey ILO story. All right, I'm gonna do this one super quick. Okay, there's a long version of the story, but here's the quick version. 
Joey and I were traveling. We were in Sarnia. This is one of my favorite stories ever. We were in Sarnia up here in Canada. And um, we, uh, at the end of the show, we were trying to get down to Chatham. Now, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar at all, but it's about an hour drive. I'm horrible at directions. The pastor says, do you want to take a shortcut? Now, I should have <laughs> said, I should have said no. I, yeah. That's okay, pastor. But, you know, I wanted to kind of impress Joey too. I don't know what it was. So Joey and I decide that we're just going to follow his instructions. Now, the pastor's instructions, so this is around 11 o'clock at night. Pastor's instructions were, go down this side road here, turn left at the oak tree, turn right at the white fence. You're going to come down to like a gas station, turn left there, and go all the way to Chatham. So Joey and I take off, realizing that neither of us know what an oak tree is at all. Um, and that's the first blockage. So we're driving, and we must have been driving for about five minutes. And that was when I finally said to Joey, I'm like, Joey, like, um, do you know what an oak tree looks like? And he's like, I don't, I don't know what an oak tree looks like. So we drive for a little bit more, figuring that this oak tree might, you know, stand out a little bit. But then we start to get a little bit nervous because we start, I start making turns. You know, when you're just kind of running aimlessly through, through like a field or like a jungle. I don't know if you've ever had a jungle run and like a lion's after you or anything like that, or been hunted by another man. Um, no. But um, so I just start making turns because I because I think I'm good at directions, um, but but I'm not. So we're yeah. making turns. Now we're completely and utterly lost. And so I tell Joey, I said, Joey, call the pastor so that he can um, tell tell us again, like like give us more description of where that oak tree was because we're pretty sure we've missed it now. And he says, I can't do that because my phone's dead. I said, well, that's horrible news because my phone died about a half hour into the show. Oh, so now no. we've got no phones. We're driving down this thing. And then all of a sudden the red light comes on. So we're running out of gas. Now it's 11 o'clock at night. Nothing's open around here. We haven't seen a gas station now for about 10 minutes. And I couldn't remember if that one was opened. Oh. So now we're running out of gas, which is a game I like to play in general. Yeah. And we have, we have no cell phones. And we start driving through what is called Chemical Alley. Now Chemical Alley is this um like wasteland it's just it's just constant chemicals in the air like it's all just those funnels and just like smoke and you can yeah. feel it on your chest and and all of a sudden joey's like tim timmy i i can't breathe and i'm like joey like i like you know it's okay like we'll, we'll be okay like you know he's like hey and i could feel it on my chest so now both of us um can't we can't breathe and 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 we got no cell phones <laughs> and we're locked and we're running out of gas and then we pull into um, uh, this, this, it was a native reserve, um, which is a horrible um, um, humanitarian thing or whatever it may be to have that right beside Chemical Alley. Anyways, that's a whole yeah. other issue. But we go into this place and it literally like, is like driving into like underneath like a, a, a highway in a Batman movie. Like there's bins like filled with flames and fire and like cars uh -huh. up on blocks. So, now we're kind of like, should we turn around? Like, like now we're like, we don't know what's happening here. Like, you know, Joey's having a real tough time breathing. We have no idea where we are. It's like, like, I don't know. It's like quarter to 12 now, who knows? And like, I eventually, I was just like, like, this is where we die. Like this, like the, <laughs> the pastor's not going to know where we were. Cause he said, he's, he'll be like, no, no, they, they turn at the oak tree and everybody's going to drive down there trying to find us. They're not going to think we're going to be down here. Fair. So ultimately when I revived Joey, we um we ended up sorting through the whole thing and we're just like man like let's not fall asleep here and we turned around we actually ended up finding um i don't know by a, some stroke of luck we found we found our uh, a street uh, and a sign that said to a highway and we ended up taking it and we got out of there but that night joey and i almost died <laughs>
<laughs> Joey was the Joey was the first comedian who really uh, put his put his you know his name out there or just anything just to help me and Austin out as we do our sketch comedy. Yeah, our sketch and improv. And so Joey was the first guy who came down to Knoxville, Tennessee, is where I live, mm. and we did a gig with him. So. Um, we're we're doing this gig, and he's he's gonna stay at my house. Now, remember, I've never met Joey personally, right? Yep. So I'm like, I tell my, I ask my wife, I said, "Hey, you care if he stays here?" She's like, "That's cool." And so Joey's here for about a day, day and a half, and the going on it's going on the third day that he's here. I said, um, "Joey, you gonna be okay? I got to go to work because I'm a school teacher as well." He said. Yeah, I'd love to see the mountains, you know, because how he talks. You know, I'd love to see the mountains. And I said, oh, sure, Joey. What do you want? He goes, do you care if I borrow your car? And I go, well, yeah, Joey, that's fine as long as you got GPS, man. I've got it. <laughs> so he takes me to work, drops me off, and I said, listen, be back by 3.30 because that's what time I get off work. Right. I get a call at 2.30. Now, this is in March in Knoxville, Tennessee. Sometimes begin to snow, the higher elevation you get. Joey calls me at two thirty. He said, "LeBrandon," I said, "What's up, Joey?" He goes, "I got bad news. I'm lost." <laughs> I said, "What do you mean you're lost?" He goes, "Well, I was driving up the mountains and it started snowing, and uh, you know I had to use the bathroom real bad, so I stopped at a rest station, used the bathroom, came back out. They said you can't go back down that way." So they rerouted me through North Carolina. <laughs> he wow. got rerouted through North Carolina all the way back down to Knoxville. Uh, he finally picked me up about four thirty, five o'clock from work. It was great. Now, um, did he almost die, though? Because that's uh, kind of what's happening. Yeah, actually, story. he did because he got pretty bad sick because something happened. I don't know. I mean, he was like, I was eating something, and he gets on the plane. He calls me. He's like, I'm about to die. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Joey is always about to die. I mean, at, at all points. Uh, but no, I, uh, I we we appreciate Joey, man. Joey was like, just such a great heart, great dude. Really, really helped push our career to where we're at today. So he's he's, he's an amazing dude. I count him a good friend. He was actually the first comic on here on the show uh, on calling comedians in quarantine back uh, 17 episodes ago. So uh, that's awesome. So listen, uh, we we will. I know. I, I'm horrible at staying in touch with people and getting in touch with people. And this quarantine over the last three weeks has been a little bit nuts. But uh, I know we we have we have talked about talking. And so uh, stay on me um, because uh, we'll, we'll make that happen. But I'm going to move on to some more questions, LeBrandon. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight, though. I appreciate that. And say hi to your wife for me if she really does exist. I have no, no proof yeah. of it. <laughs> Will do. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. All right. So there we go. That was LeBrandon Marie. Um, we're going to continue here. Tonight is Q&A. If you ask an interesting question and you want to be on the live briefly for me to answer that question, we can arrange that. I'm, um, this is episode 17 of Calling Comedians in Quarantine, and Friday nights is Q&A with just you and me. So, uh, Joy, thank you for uh, saying that I concealed my fall off the stage. That was a question from earlier. Um, we've got another question here. If I wasn't a comedian, what job would I do? Well, um, quite honestly, I was on my way to becoming a pastor before I entered into comedy. I was, I was on my way to become a pastor. I was tour managing, but the pastoring route was still kind of there. 
but I was, I was very heavy connected to my church at the time and I was tour managing. And I don't know if I would have tour managed forever, although it was one of my most favorite jobs ever. It really was. Um, but who knows? I might've been pastoring. I don't know. Um, I, I had youth pastors in the past. I worked at a subway. I don't think I'd ever own a subway, but ultimately, um, if I wasn't doing comedy, I think at its most basic form, I would just be entertaining in some way. If I, even when I worked at Subway, I was the entertainer. People came to the store um, to be entertained. I entertained my staff, my, you know, my, my coworkers. I called them my staff because I really didn't do any work while I was there. I kind of felt like I was the boss. But that's the entrepreneur heart. I always think I'm the boss. So uh, I, if I wasn't a comedian, I would be entertaining on some level. This just happened to be the door that opened up for me. So that would be the, uh, the thing. Um, let's see here. Michael Robertson is afraid of fire. My dad works where? Your dad works in the fire pit. Um, shout out all the people who survived Chemical Valley. No kidding, eh? Um, Chemical Valley is, a, I'm assuming then your dad works in, uh, in the, maybe the factories. Does he work in Chemical Valley? I don't know. Um, anyways, that, that, that story was just told there. The true story was me and Joey ILO. Uh, and um, yeah. So if you have any questions about comedy, um, the 80s, whatever it may be, now is the time, my life, my journey in comedy, why I wear an Atari shirt, whatever it may be. If it's cool, I might invite you on. You don't want to be on, just say you don't want to be on and just ask your question. And I'm here to answer them tonight. Uh, what's the most memorable moment in your career so far? Wow. Um, I have had so many memorable moments uh, like this. This has been a journey. Like I said, in answering one of the questions previously, I fell into comedy in, in terms of stand up comedy. Um, I was not pursuing it. It just happened. And so I have really just tried to soak in the entire the entire experience. Um, every time I get on stage is this absolute joy. And I tell people this genuinely. Um, Every show to me is a memorable experience because people say, well, don't you get bored? You tell the same jokes and, you know, it's a, it's this, you know, it's the same sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, I do tell a lot of the same jokes. That's, that's true. But the crowd and the venue and the day and my own personal mood, um, all of that plays into the fact that every show for me is different. And so every show becomes super memorable. Now, I will say that in the midst of that, there are moments like when I was on Leland Claussen's comedy tournament in 2007, when this whole thing started and I did my first seven minutes, that was awesome. The very first time that I got invited onto a stage as comedian Timmy Boyle. In fact, I might have just been Tim Boyle. I think it was just Tim Boyle then. Um, and I wore like khaki pants and a uh, uh, striped green uh, button-down dress shirt, um, which is very different than what I wear now. But so that was a huge memorable moment because it was like I walked out stage like as a comic and I did my first seven minutes. And from there, I got put on a compilation CD. So like my very first seven minutes of comedy is on a CD. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, doing Leland Claussen's comedy tournament um, the second time uh, when we did a taping for, for the, the TV show out in Lethbridge and spending three days with with comics that, that I considered good friends and peers and being able to, my dream was to go against Matt Falk in the finals. We had to get through three rounds and I once wanted to, I wanted to get to the end with Matt Falk and I wanted to beat Matt Falk. That was my mission and my goal. And I can tell you this, 
that Matt Falk and I got to the finals. And it doesn't really matter who won. That's not important to the story. The fact is, is that I got to that moment. That's the important part of the story. Um, and then down in Pasadena just recently at the Clean Comedy Challenge that Joby Sad, who was on the show last night, and Leslie Doris Townsend did. And I had a chance to meet uh, Joel Madison and um, uh, Lou Deck and Robert G. Lee and just some amazing people who've been in the industry for a very long time. And uh, that was a highlight. Um, just being down in California, I'd never been there before. Um, and, and then doing stuff like like doing a show in like uh, Thomasburg, Ontario. It's this little hole in the wall and this tiny church that, that was dying out. And we packed the place, the whole, like, like the town came to see the show. Uh, that was amazing to me. Um, it's still one of my favorite shows that I've ever done. I performed in front of four people in a living room doing, doing these house tours that I was doing. Uh, that was super cool and memorable. So, and then, and then just running the circuit in general. The circuit has been running for nine years. Uh, we have 14 cities hosting five clean comedy shows a year across Ontario. None right now because there's a bug going around. I don't know if you guys have heard. But, um, but, but running that and having a chance to have over 25 different comics from around North America on that tour and to have regular fans, like a 10-year-old fan, Diego, who has been coming to shows for years, um, and then, and then, you know, like fans of all ages, it's just, my career is memorable. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, any other questions coming through here? This is your time to ask questions here. Uh, what Mary Jane Baker is just filling up the questions here. She's got so many things she wanted to get off of her chest today. Here we go. Is there anything you won't joke about? Anything you won't joke about, anything off limits. Uh, yeah, there's lots, of, there's, there's things that I won't joke about. Um, not because I don't think they can be joked about, but underneath the brand of upstanding comedy, um, I have in essence created a, a box, a framework. Um, there are certain things that I just, I won't, you know, I won't go to just because they're, they're they wouldn't be considered they're a little bit too maybe maybe rude or or maybe too offensive. Like I don't try to offend anybody, um, but I don't think in general anything should be off off the board. Um, it really is how you present it. I mean, there's everything you say on stage is going to offend probably somebody um, or be said at an inopportune time. Like you could even go up on stage and talk about your child and your love for your child. And somebody in the crowd might have just lost a child, or maybe they have a, a horrible child. And um, as I've had that, and people sit and say, you know, like, I just lost my child. And it's like, that is sad, but I didn't know that. And so I think you just really need to, um, I have a clean brand. And so I do my best to just try to make sure that I talk about, I try to talk about things that the grandmother and the granddaughter will be able to sit in the same room and laugh together. So are there things that I won't say? Yes. Um, you could probably think of those things right off. I don't do racial humor. I don't, I try, I don't do sexist humor. I don't do sex humor. Um, but, uh, I just, I try to provide an environment for everyone to come and laugh together. But outside of that, Hey, uh, if you're not under the clean brand, um, be careful how you present it, but life is funny. And you can find life funny in so many different ways. And so you just got to be true to yourself. And if you find it funny, 
go say it and you're probably gonna offend somebody anyways. So that, that's my personal philosophy. Uh, the chicken crossed the road to get away from chicken jokes. Everybody was talking about chicken jokes. Um, Anyways, for those that are coming in here, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on episode 17 of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. My name is Timmy Buller from Upstanding Comedy. We uh, had 16, we, over our 16 episodes so far, we've been inviting comics from all around North America onto the show every every night at 7 p.m. here at The Real Timmy Boyle on Instagram. But Friday nights is your opportunity to ask me questions. This is just Q&A with Timmy about comedy, about um, life, about the 80s. I'm very passionate about the 80s or about quarantine in general. Uh, Joy has a question here. What is your plan regarding shows after the quarantine is uplifted? Will you do more shows by lesser intervals as in fill in the blank shows? Will you do more shows? Oh, okay. So I think I understand. Uh, my plan regarding shows after the quarantine has been uplifted is to do as many as I possibly can. Uh, here's the thing. Right now, comedians and entertainers, um, we're, we're not officially called essential, but we are. Um, in fact, that's what if you that's why you're probably here. And that's why people have been tuning in to comics and entertainers um, in social media all across the board. Now is the time where you need people who can give you a break from your day and, and laugh. And and that's all I want to do. And, and and so I think once I'm allowed to not do what I'm doing here, although I am enjoying like this is something I probably should have done a while ago and been online. But the live experience, look even if I was to perform for you right now and do my, my set. Sorry, I'm getting the hiccups. It's the orange juice. Even if I was to do a performance right now, and you might enjoy that performance, but the reality is, is that it will never equal the show that would happen on stage with a, a, a live crowd. So when, as soon as this quarantine ends and they say we can gather again, even if they say you can gather with 25 people, then I'll find a way to do a show for 25 people. We'll find a room to do that. I am just waiting to get out there and to do live shows again, and I will do as many as I can. That's my plan, Joy. Now, whether or not there's be still too much fear and people won't want to go out, whether or not there's going to be um, still a bunch of restrictions that will stop that from happening, I don't know. But my plan is as soon as I get the thumbs up, um, we are we are, we have two we have two tours that are, are being postponed um, by the way the by the by the looks of it right now that we're gonna we're gonna put those tours in as soon as we possibly can um, they're not getting canceled we're just gonna move them so I miss the crowds but I, I love doing stuff like this um, Mad Madgie uh, T Spinksy Madgie here we go. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think you, I think I asked you that once before. Have I learned any new poetry styles? Now, Maggie, um, are you interested in, uh, in coming on here? You can decline this if you want. You can decline this, Maggie, if you want. Maggie, you feel free to decline this if you don't want to come on live and I'll just answer your question. But if you want a chance to, to chat about the answer to your question, now is your opportunity. Here we go. I don't even know who Maggie is. Let's see. Are they going to decline? Maybe. Well, if if they come on, then uh, she declined. 
or he declined. I don't even know. I, I, I don't even know. It's so weird when you see these names. That's okay. No offense taken. You can decline if you want. Um, so have I learned any new poetry styles? No, I will admit. I mean, I, I have 10 poetry styles that I wrote here, and I assume you've probably seen me read from my book, or you own a copy of the book, maybe. But I have 10 poetry styles that I, that I learned in one afternoon, and it was part of me challenging myself to do something new. Um, and they're in here, inside, inside Timmy's mind. Um, but I can honestly say that uh, that experience, um, you know, it kind of... Kind of like when I ran the marathon, people say, are you going to run a marathon again? I'm like, nah, I did that. So poetry, I did that. I learned, I learned 10 styles of poetry and, and, and did a bang up job. They got in this book and uh, did them all with the same color of yellow. Uh, pretty impressed. So um, I haven't gone out to look for more poetry um, because I feel like I've kind of been there, done that. A new challenge, though, if you got a new challenge for me, you tell me what that is. But poetry, eh, I've been there mastered it pretty much <laughs> um, okay that's a fair enough reason that's a f and because you've typed it out publicly I can announce it here um, they declined uh, to come on because they might have food in the teeth because um, uh, when you shared it I laughed so much that's funny so yeah so you don't have to come on live with me while we're doing this but um anyways we've got a few more minutes left though because here's the thing um i've been doing this uh can i read it yes i will re I'll, re I'll read i will read the sun because now a couple people asked for poetry um and i'm going to uh uh do oh i see look joy misses loud la laughing out loud in shows right joy we're, we're going to be back though you're going to come see a show okay but because uh maggie and mary jane baker have talked about poetry i'm gonna I'm, i will do one poetry reading for you. But um, right after this, at 8.20 tonight, which is coming up, um, I'm actually going to be quarantined with a family in Guelph. It's actually a couple in Guelph. So I have this thing called Be Quarantined with Timmy. And for $19, because I wanted to make it affordable, and 19 is kind of like Timmy 19, kind of like COVID 19. Anyways, I do it with a random number. For $19, I'll video chat you and your family um, and be quarantined with you for 20 minutes. So this family in Guelph, I actually hung out with it for 40 minutes, um, had a great time. Then there was a family, a family of four with two young kids. Uh, I actually did a stand-up show for them for 20 minutes. They were in, uh, they were in Guelph. Um, and tonight I am going to be visiting a family in Guelph as well, actually a couple. And uh, we're just going to be hanging out. I'm going to show them some of my 80s stuff. And uh, we're going to have a good time. So uh, if you want to be quarantined with me and you want your fam me to come into your living room and hang out for a bit, just drop me a message uh, through email or through direct message here, and uh, I'll do that. So here we go. You can be quarantined with Timmy. Just drop me a line, and we can arrange that. Um, this is one of the poems. This is The Sun. Uh, it's from the book Inside Timmy's Mind. Uh, and uh, it's from the chapter called A Yellow or yellow, a poetic buffet. So I learned 10 styles of poetry in one afternoon and then said they all had to be in the theme of yellow. One of them is about, is about the Hulkster. There he is up there when he wore the yellow trunks. He's up there, you can see him in the picture. Here we go. <clears throat> this, one I, this one doesn't even follow a pattern. And this is how I'm gonna close off our time tonight. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, here we go. 
Without the sun, there would be none. No light, no heat, no day. Where would we stay without its ray, the dark, the cold, the night? Oh, no! May it not be so. No heat strokes. No sunburns. No melanoma. Hmm. A dark, cold night wouldn't be that bad after all. That was called the sun. I realized this, folks. It doesn't matter what you say or how you say it. It's what you call it that matters. Because when you call anything poetry, people will listen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joy, for that trophy. I appreciate the laughy, cryy faces, and I appreciate the thumbs up. But when the trophy gets handed to me, that means a lot from me to you, Joy. Thank you for appreciating that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight. Um, this, was, uh, this, was, this was a good time, a good time. Some great questions. I hope I answered uh, the, the questions how you wanted them to be answered. Next Friday, we'll do this again. But uh, going forward, as is the case until quarantine ends, um, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock and every day at 7 o'clock, we bring on a different comedian. Um, this is calling comedians in quarantine. Tomorrow night, Paul May will be on the show. Uh, so you're going to want to tune in for, um, to see Paul May as I'll be calling him. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Calling Comedians in Quarantine. Please take a moment to like, share, subscribe, and ring the little bell so you and your friends don't miss any of the laughs. Episodes will be uploaded here at Timmy's Shorts daily until I run out. And be sure to check out the description below for links to connect with myself or my guests on social media, support us by buying merchandise, and also download the podcast version of this show. Until next time, remember, your brain, it's for thinking, not for eating. So just say no to zombies. My name's Timmy Boyle.